I know we've talked about Luca. We talked about the NBA. Cool, Anthony just got drafted right now. Just looking at TV, he's gonna be he's gonna be an interesting prospect. Got drafted to the Magic's. He's a pretty short dude, but we see how he plays. Uh, do you want to you want to dabble a little bit into hockey? When does hockey come back? You want to dabble a little bit into you uh, see the international game with soccer? Uh, there have been a lot of good soccer matches happening, you know. But you could you Stephen, you could dabble into the what I call the the non-mainstream sports in America. Other okay. than I think soccer and hockey are mainstream sports. Um, yeah, okay. I got uh, just uh, – I don't have much on hockey. I'm still kind of depressed about the Stanley Cup and taking a break. But I do have one uh, interesting tidbit about that. Um, I, and there's one thing with soccer I can touch on at the end. But um, I want to talk about baseball for a little bit first. Uh, the most mainstream of the non-mainstream sports. Um, the World Series – was a few weeks ago. I went to game one, by the way. It was fucking tight. It was awesome. I saw a World Series in the Texas Rangers new stadium. Never thought that would happen with the way the Rangers were, but it happened. How, how, how was that stadium, by the way? It's pretty fucking sick, man. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised because I was one of those people that were anti-new stadium because our mm-hmm. old stadium was awesome. I know that it doesn't have a, a roof and everyone in Dallas is like pe- people in Texas don't realize how blessed they are to not ever be cold. And, mm-hmm. uh, and because of that, they complain in the summer about being hot. Um, but if everybody just like went and lived in Wisconsin for a year, nobody would care if the baseball stadium had a roof or not. Uh, hot days would just be blessings that you're not cold. You know, so I was in and without uh, the, the roof issues aside, that old stadium was one of the most beautiful in the country. It was so sick. But the new stadium, it doesn't have any charm or anything, but it's state of the art as hell. It's so Dallas. It's like a huge screens, huge, cool presentation stuff, a lot of food and everything. It's just super state of the art. It's super Dallas. And there's a ton of bars outside of the stadium, whereas the only good bar around that area is for those of for those listening that aren't from Dallas, the Cowboy Stadium is right next door to it. And the only good bar around the area was a Humperdinks. And Humperdinks is fucking cool. I love Humperdinks, but it was like crowded because it was the only bar. But now yeah. the stadium, there's like a bunch of different bars, food, and like concert venues and shit. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, pro new stadium, pocket. Uh, it, it's cool. I like it. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Yeah. I've never been. I hope. I hope one day I get to. I get to visit. Well, I mean, and see how it is. Games uh, there with fans until until the league championship series. So, not many people have, but um, but but I have. NBD. NBD. Yeah, I know, I know, I see you. Yeah. I see you. I know, I know that. I know that you haven't, you, you haven't, you, you've been to it. I hope, I hope one day I get to go to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go next season, dude. We'll go next season for sure. But I have a hot. Oh yeah, I forgot. I always forget about that. There's, there's, there's that going on too. <laughs> yeah, I have a hot sports opinion about the World Series in general and about the ending of it. 
Uh, did you watch? Oh the- yes, you did mention. I didn't watch a lot of it, but you did mention something about it being fixed. Yeah, so not necessarily fixed, but kind of tilted. Uh, game six. Did you watch it? No, I did not. And so um, the Rays. Uh, so going into game six, the Dodgers were up three two. The Rays were winning most of the game one zero, and they're starting. Mm-hmm. Blake Snell was dealing. He was dominant. Absolutely filthy. Uh, he hadn't given up a single run. He had given up, uh, I don't know how many hits, like uh, a few, barely any. He had nine strikeouts through 5.1 innings. So that was on pace to break Sandy Koufax's playoff single-game strikeout record. He was absolutely killing it, and he got pulled – in the sixth inning at only 73 pitches. And the next three hitters that he was facing was the top of the lineup, uh, Mookie Betts, um, Cody Bellinger, and uh, uh, Corey Seager, I believe were the three. They were 0 for 6 for six strikeouts in that game against Snell. So six at-bats, six strikeouts. He's got these guys coming up, and the Rays pull him not only do they pull this pitcher who's having a historic night, but they put in this reliever who at the time had given up an earned run in six consecutive innings, which mm-hmm. was one inning away from being a playoff record. It took him like less than five pitches to have that playoff record broken and make that seven consecutive innings giving up a run. He immediately gave up the lead and the Rays lost. Now uh, here's what here's what I, I, I always I always wonder why that happens. Like when someone is playing good, all of us oh the the, the math picks it in. Let's see what the math get who the math got. All right, we'll put this hot sports opinion on hold, and we'll have a live reaction to. Let's see who the, the math drafted. Let's see who they pair Luca with. What would be a good fit for them? What would you What would you do in terms of trying to find someone to go with Luca? I think they need a three and D style wing. You know, they need somebody who can defend and doesn't need the ball in their hands to be effective. I look at I think Josh so. Green out of Arizona, tough-minded, six-six, long arms, physical body. Sadiq Bay, a guy who doesn't need the ball as well, can space it. Those are two really good options for them. Okay, so the Mavericks haven't wasted a lot of time to know exactly what they want to do with this pick. Buck is just now ticking down toward two twenty, and the pick is in. Here is the commissioner. So, Let's see what the Mavs do. What the Mavs do. The 18th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Josh Green from Sydney, Australia, and the University of Arizona. That's what I got just said. Josh Green spent a lot of his childhood in Australia, but moved to the United States to sharpen his basketball skills, and that he did. Not to be the number eight overall recruit in the ESPN 100, but when he came to the U.S. as a 14-year-old, he tried just about everything. In fact, he did a stand-up something very specific. You like it, Mike? Growing up in Australia, you know, I grew up trying to have different sports. I like the pick. We get a player who's not from America. We do well. We seem we seem to know how to draft foreigners than we do how to draft local players. I'm not lying. It, it's just for some reason we know how we're like the Spurs. 
Yeah. We're like the Spurs when it comes to that. We did the international stuff first, and then they copied us. But they're really smart too. No, so Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan is an international player. Even yeah. though he went to Wake Forest. But yeah, he went he went to he went to Wake Forest. But they copied it, like the Manu Ginobili deal. Um Tony Parker, did he go to college in America or was he from France? Yeah, France. He was from France. They did that stuff after uh Don Nelson did the like Dirk Juan Juju. And, and I also think that a lot of foreign players, they I remember we had this conversation about Rick Carlisle and how he needs very high IQ ball players. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like they're starting to realize that. And when you international players, for lack of a better word, the game is more nuanced to them, fundamentally based. In America, it's more like athletic based. And this dude just put up points on this guy. Oh, my God. He just put up 20 points. And most of those guys who are putting up these points, most of them are not really good. They're just a product of being hyped, having a coach who really likes them. And there's just a, they're like a convoluted, they're like a, a, a pot mixed with a bunch of things that just went their way because they fizzle out once they get to the, the college light ranks and they fizzle out when they get to the NBA. But all these guys who are based in fundamental, you see, even as foreign players, a lot of them don't become stars, but you know what? They, they are starters. Yeah. They stay in the league a very long time. You know what I'm saying? And that's because you have good fundamentals, you know how to play. And I think that's what that that's but but I think I believe the Mavs are very good when it comes to picking those players. Yeah. We've got good international scouting network. Yes. And and they get good intel. Like not not a lot of the teams get good intel. Like they get good intel. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. I'm happy for that. Go Donnie. Go Mavs, MFFL. We'll be at it. Hey, right. you know, back to your hot take, my guy. I'm sorry about that. Well, uh, but it was actually at a good uh, pausing point because we we had just gone over um, the absurdity of that decision of pulling someone who was having a historic night on the mound at only 73 pitches, facing someone who or three batters upcoming who were 0 for six and six strikeouts against him. And replacing him with a reliever who was playing absolutely terribly all playoffs. He was great in the regular season. He gave up two runs total in the regular season. But he had given up a run in six consecutive innings in the playoffs. Make that seven when he immediately gives up two runs and blows a lead. And the it makes those logical sense of why the Rays, one of the smartest organizations in sports, not just baseball, in sports, why they would do that. Uh, But there's one logical reason I can think of, and that's because Justin Turner had just tested positive for COVID, and the league found out about that in the middle of the game, and Rob Manfred had a little discussion with the Rays owner, Stuart Sternberg, who... By the way, he doesn't give a shit about, like, the baseball and the prestige and the club. He runs that shit like a corporation. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's very miserly. Um, It's like being on the race is like working for Goldman Sachs, but without the good pay. You're just getting really good work experience that could get you any job later on. But, I mean, 
it, it, it's a corporation. It's not a club. So that owner sent a call in to Kevin Cash and said, we need to end the season tonight because, dude, if they had to play a game seven and they had a player who was like exposed to everybody on that dive in test positive, like that would have been one of the biggest shit shows in sports history. If not the biggest, it would have been so calamitous. It would have been so fucking hard for MLB to deal with. If I'm in the commissioner's feet there, if I'm in the Rays owner's feet there, I mean, the Rays were going to lose that series anyways. I'm saying we need to end this season tonight. Get Blake Snell off the mound. Put in the shitty reliever, and let's hope he fucks it up like he has been all playoffs. He did that, and the season ended, and uh, the shit show was uh, averse. The MLB escaped it. Uh, All's well. That ends well. That uh, star player with COVID was only exposed for a few innings and a celebration. And I mean, that's what I think. Some people would disagree because they don't think anything could ever be fixed ever. But I say if there's ever a reason, uh, if I could ever think of a legitimate reason besides like heavy, heavy, heavy bribes, uh, a game would be fixed. I mean, this, this is it. This is it. Cool. What would be a bigger scandal like than having uh uh, right before game seven, one of the star players coming up with COVID and you have to either like not postpone for two weeks. And, like, so who won, the, who, won the, who won the championship this year? The Dodgers? Yeah, the Dodgers. So Clayton Kershaw finally won the championship. Yeah. And do you think that excuse me, do you think they did this because they wanted to pay the Dodgers back for last year when they let the Astros win? For the year to let the Astros win. Um. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, uh, that that's an added bonus on top of it. Um. Yeah, and and I think the the league did want the Dodgers to win, and the Rays front office uh, is also they're not upset about the Dodgers winning because the president of the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, uh, came up through the Rays. He was the GM for the Rays that built that team. And everybody in that front office, everybody on that coaching staff, they worship this Andrew Friedman guy. He's like the, um, you know, that scene uh, in Wolf of Wall Street where um, uh, Leo's saying he's staying and, and they're all like, they're all worshiping him. And uh, he had a company full of people that were just uh, his disciples. That's what the Rays were. This guy who was running the other team, uh, they're all his disciples. So I don't think they had a problem with throwing the series either because he went and got a job with owners that paid him. They're still paying their dues and like the MLB internship program, essentially, of like working for the Rays, getting underpaid, and getting a job later. Uh, I think, uh, I think. It was thrown at the end of the game in game six. They put in, they threw in the towel on the season. They knew they had it to end that season that night, and they did it. But it's, but again, it doesn't matter. The Dodgers were better anyway. Um, it's, it's kind of like the the Buffalo Sabers, Dallas Stars, Stanley Cup in 1999, when uh, Sabers fans think that the NHL uh, didn't properly call Brett Hull's goal a no goal. But, I mean, they can win all they want. It doesn't matter. The Stars were going to win that series anyways. This doesn't matter. The Dodgers were going to win anyways. But I do think it was – I do think a call was made. I think there's a 100% chance 
A call was made by the league. I said, get that pitcher out of here. Put in a shitty one. We need to end the season. We need to end it tonight. And they did it. And uh, I'm happy. I love Kershaw. I love the Dodgers. I'm glad it happens. Uh, awesome baseball season. Awesome for Kershaw. Awesome for LA. <laughs> well, I was like, isn't that something he likes? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, isn't that yeah, a I'm team he would want to win? Complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, it's interesting, you know. The question is, do you have the well? You did you lose money? That's really what oh, the question yeah. comes. No way. I bet on the Dodgers uh, as soon as the Astros cheating scandal came out. I bet on Dodgers futures. The only thing I'm upset about is not betting more on them. But um, I bet a ton on the game that I went to because Kershaw was pitching, and um, yeah. And just was- as a disclaimer, before we keep going. All of Steven's bets are Steven's bets alone. They are not meant for you to replicate. They are not meant for you to use as a means to make money. This is Steven's personal opinion. Thank you. Yeah, if you don't want if you don't want to make money, don't follow my bets. Um, oh, if you want to avoid anything. All that that just wrapped up that uh, I want to talk about. We talked about this. I think it was like in our first episode. Uh, you Darvish winning the Cy Young. Uh, he was at 25 odds preseason. Um, it was the bet of my life. It was incredible. Hugh Darvish was by far the best pitcher in the league, but he did not win the Cy Young. Um, I still made money because he was favored and I could hedge out of it, but um, he did not win the Cy Young, and it's fucking bullshit. He lost to Trevor Bauer because Trevor Bauer had a better ERA and, uh, and a better whip, but Hugh Darvish but had a full half game more in war um all of the advanced analytics like uh if you've heard of fielding independent pitching uh fip or sierra or like um uh strikeouts to walks and things like that all of the advanced metrics you darvish killed him but an era trevor bauer is better than and trevor bauer is really vocal on the internet with all of his whining and all of his bullshit and so he has notoriety and he got the votes from the ERA humping baseball writers. So fuck them and fuck the internet. Also, Trevor Bauer cheated. Um, I, I'm, I, I can send you this graph I'm looking at. I have a graphic of average spin rates over the years. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer, uh, when he was traded, to, he, he was traded away from Cleveland last year in a pretty acrimonious trade. Um, he, he wanted, he, he likes the Indians. Um, they didn't really like him that much. They weren't going to pay him. They traded him away and immediately his spin rate skyrockets. And if you watch him pitch this year, you see his hands go up to his hat all the time. He's rubbing his hand on something. And the Astros did that. The Astros did do that with their pitchers. And he went the Barry Bonser out. He said, uh, fuck it. I'm going to cheat too. And he Robinson did. Cano got busted this year t- today. Yeah, but they're not cracking down on pitchers like they are on the, the – they don't crack down on the foreign substances for pitchers like they do with the hitters and steroids. They can't catch that. But whatever. Whatever. Fuck Trevor Bauer. Uh, still made money on that bet. 
So when you say that people won't make money following my bets, I mean. No, I didn't say that. I'm giving you a disclaimer. I'm telling people that they're doing that on their own risk. So if they go bet using your advice, they're doing that at their own risk. It's just a disclaimer that you're not personally responsible for decisions that other people make. Your bets are your opinion, which that's what it is at the end of the day. Why are so many African players getting drafted today? Another question. That's like the third Nigerian dude that has been drafted. Or maybe fourth. It's like just Nigerians off the ass. That's crazy. All right. Um, so, yeah, if, if you follow my bets, it's not 100% that you'll win, but it's more like 99%. But we're not responsible if that 1% happens and, like, you lose all your money. So, yeah, like, like yeah. I do have one last bet recommendation to end the show on if you, if you want to hear it. I just found this today uh, earlier this afternoon. It's incredible odds. Incredible odds. You want to hear it? Show me. All right. Mm-hmm. So, MLS. MLS playoffs are starting on Friday. And uh, my new favorite team that I've been a lifelong fan of since day one, which was this year, Inter Miami, David Beckham owns. They just made the playoffs, had a huge winning streak at the end of the season to sneak in. And they are 150 to one to win the championship. And this is a bracket of like, I think it's like, 12 to 16 teams or whatever. No team should be 150 to one. Um, I haven't watched any MLS regular season this year. There was like a tournament during lockdown when there was no other sports on that I watched. As far as MLS, like too many other sports to watch. But Inter Miami is 150 to one, and they have two players that are in their primes, Lais Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain, who – just came over from Europe. They're in their primes. They're both like early 30s and they have 12 European titles between them together plus a World Cup championship. Not to mention all these other trophies that they've won. These are two out of 11 starters that have a fuck ton of like European trophies among them. Uh, not MLS like American trophies, like real deal European trophies. They're in their prime. They're playing on this team, and they have 151 odds to win this tournament. Are you kidding me? Uh, the first game is on Friday against Nashville, which is another expansion team from this year. And as far as I know, that expansion team in Nashville has no European superstars on it. So that's going to be a win for Miami. And then from there, it's like three wins away from a title with like World Cup winners and Italian and Spanish and French league winners with these two guys, plus some uh, some other awesome Argentinians, 151, like lottery ticket of your life, right? There. So yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, that's crazy. They get rich. Cowboys eight to one to win the NFC East. Inter Miami 150 to one to win the MLS. We had it after a couple of days. Uh, bet a paycheck on them and give your family a very Merry Christmas. Mm, hey, that would be amazing. I cannot 
buying Christmas group is, 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 you know, it's expensive. All right. You know, so, but hopefully, hopefully we get enough money from Steven's bet to, yeah. to buy Christmas gifts. Yeah. How long have we, how long have we been going, Steven? I think we've been going for quite a while now. I have no clue. Yeah. That's 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 not a that's not a good thing. I think it's like a couple of hours. Yeah, it's been a good one. Yes.